Alexander never did what he said. Caesar never said what he did. Italian proverb. And that was a selection from today's novel, The Prince by Niccolo Machiavelli. Page 8. The other and better course is to send colonies to one or two places, which may be as keys to that state, for it is necessary either to do this or else to keep there a great number of cavalry and infantry. A prince does not spend much on colonies, for with little or no expense he can send them out and keep them there, and he offends a minority only of the citizens from whom he takes lands and houses to give them to the new inhabitants, and those who he offends, remaining poor and scattered, are never able to injure him, whilst the rest being uninjured are easily kept quiet, and at the same time are anxious not to err for fear it should happen to them as it has to those who have been despoiled. In conclusion, I say that these colonies are not costly. They are more faithful. They injure less, and the injured, as has been said, being poor and scattered cannot hurt. Upon this, one has to remark that men ought either to be well treated or crushed, because they can avenge themselves of lighter injuries, of more serious ones, they cannot. Therefore the injury that is to be done to a man ought to be of such a kind that one does not stand in fear of revenge. But in maintaining armed men there in place of colonies, one spends much more, having to consume on the garrison all the income from the state, so that the acquisition turns into a loss and many more are exasperated because the whole state is injured. Through the shifting of the garrison up and down, all become acquainted with hardship, and all become hostile, and they are enemies who, whilst beaten on their own ground, are yet able to do hurt. For every reason, therefore, such guards are as useless as a colony is useful. Again, the prince who holds a country differing in the above respects ought to make himself the head and defender of his less powerful neighbors, and to weaken the more powerful amongst them, taking care that no foreigner as powerful as, powerful as himself shall, by any accident, get a footing there. For it will always happen that such a one will be introduced by those who are discontented either through excess of ambition or through fear. As one has seen already, the Romans were brought into Greece by Aetolians, and every other country where they obtained a footing they were brought in by the inhabitants. And the usual course of affairs is that, as soon as a powerful foreigner enters a country, all the subject states are drawn to him, 
by the hatred which they feel against the ruling power, so that in respect to those subject states, he has not to take any trouble to gain them over to himself, for the whole of them quickly rally to the state which he has acquired there. He has only to take care that they do not get hold of too much power and too much authority, and then with his own forces and with their good will, he can easily keep down the more powerful of them so as to remain entirely master in the country. Page 24 And although one may not discuss Moses, he having been a mere executor of the will of God, yet he ought to be admired, if only for that favor which made him worthy to speak with God. But in considering Cyrus and others who have acquired or founded kingdoms, all will be founded admirable. And if their particular deeds and conduct shall be considered, they will not be found inferior to those of Moses, although he had so great a perceptor. And in examining their actions and lives, one cannot see that they owed anything to fortune beyond opportunity, which brought them the material to mold into the form which seemed best to them. Without that opportunity, their powers of mind would have been extinguished, and without those powers, the opportunity would have come in vain. It was necessary, therefore, to Moses that he should find people of Israel and Egypt enslaved and oppressed by the Egyptians in order that they should be disposed to follow him so as to be delivered out of bondage. It was necessary that Romulus should not remain in Alba and that he should be abandoned at his birth in order that he should become king of Rome and founder of the fatherland. It was necessary that Cyrus should find the Persians discontented with the government of the Medes, and the Medes soft and effeminate through their long peace. Theseus could not have shown his ability had he had not found the Athenians dispersed. These opportunities, therefore, made those men fortunate, and their high ability enabled them to recognize the opportunity whereby their country was ennobled and made famous. Those who by Valora's ways become princes, like these men, acquire a principality with difficulty, but they keep it with ease. The difficulties they have in acquiring it arise in part from the new rules and methods which they are forced to introduce to establish their government and its security. And it ought to be remembered that there is nothing more difficult to take in hand, more perilous to conduct, or more uncertain in its success than to take the lead in the introduction of a new order of things. Because the innovator has for enemies all those who have done well under their old conditions, and lukewarm defenders in those who may do well under the new. This coolness arises partly from fear of the opponents who have the laws on their side and partly from the incredulity of men who do not readily believe in new things until they have had
had a long experience of them. Thus, it happens that whenever those who are hostile have the opportunity to attack, they do it like partisans, whilst the others defend lukewarmly in such wise that the prince is endangered along with them. It is necessary, therefore, if we desire to discuss the matter thoroughly, to inquire whether these innovators can rely on themselves or have to depend on others, that is to say, whether to consummate their enterprise. Page 88 Hominis hoc pelurium confugiadum estat posterias si oti non licet superior. But it is necessary to know well how to disguise this characteristic and to be a great pretender and dissembler. And men are so simple and so subject to present necessities that he who seeks to deceive will always find someone who will allow himself to be deceived. One recent example I cannot pass over in silence. Alexander the Sixth did nothing else but deceive men, nor even thought of doing otherwise, and he always found victims. For there never was a man who had great power in asserting, or who with greater oaths would affirm a thing, yet would observe it less. Nevertheless, his deceits always succeeded according to, to his wishes, because he well understood this side of mankind. Non dimanco simbregli succedarano, succedarano gli ingani. Advotum. The words advotum are omitted in the Testina edition, 1550. Alexander never did what he said. Caesar never said what he did. Italian proverb. Therefore, it is unnecessary for a prince to have all the good qualities I have enumerated, but it is very necessary to appear to have them, and I shall dare to say this also, that to have them and always to observe them is injurious, and that to appear to have them is useful, to appear merciful, faithful, humane, religious, upright, and to do and to be so. But with a man so framed that should you require not to be so, you may be able and know how to change to the opposite. And you have to understand this, that a prince, especially a new one, cannot observe all those things for which men are esteemed, being often forced, in order to maintain the state, to act contrary to fidelity, friendship, humanity, and religion. Therefore, it is necessary for him to have in mind ready to turn itself accordingly, as the winds and variations of fortune force it, yet, as I have said above, not to diverge from the good if he can avoid doing so, but, if compelled, then to know how to set about it. Contrary to fidelity or faith, contrary to fidelity or faith, contro alla fede, and tutto fede. 
faithful in the next paragraph. It is noteworthy that these two phrases, contro alla fede and tuto fede, were omitted in the Testina edition, which was published with the sanction of the papal authorities. It may be that the meaning attached to the word fede was faith or the faith, i.e. the Catholic creed, and not as rendered here fidelity and faithful. Observe that the word religion was suffered to stand in the text of the testina, being used to signify indifferently. The end. And that was The Prince by Niccolo Machiavelli. Throughout the flight of literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers 824, the word 8.